1: Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for a spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. How would you feel about creating a more positive mindset? And as, as we did that, also creating a more positive and fulfilling life. I am all in for that. And it's a good thing because Caitlin Margaret is here today. And we're going to be talking about how to release stress, conquer our brain's negativity bias, build self-worth and achieve our goals with joy and patience. I love that patience is in there. Are you ready to meet her? Caitlin Margaret is a divine living coach, international entrepreneur, and published author. She has her master's degree in social work from Columbia University and holds nearly a dozen certifications in holistic wellness. Caitlin lived and worked in India for six years, where she built and scaled several social enterprises, reaching millions of underserved people. In 2016, Caitlin returned to the U.S., where she launched Radiant Wholeness, a coaching business that empowers people to live in alignment with their soul. Her new book is... The Path to Positivity. And you can find out more about Caitlin and her work at CaitlinMargaret.com. Caitlin, welcome to Out of the Fog.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Karen. I'm so happy to be here with you today.
1: I'm glad you're here. Let's start right off by getting clear on what positive thinking is. What is it to you? Is it never having a negative thought and always kind of having a big phony smile on your face? Because I bet it's not. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 definitely not. Um and I and I'm glad you kind of called that out right away because I there is in kind of pop culture there's a lot of um misunderstanding about positive thinking as this kind of incessant optimism or just avoiding all things that are negative or bring you down. Um and in fact, uh positive thinking is is not that at all. Positive thinking is a really Deep approach to navigating all of life's experiences by working with the incredible power of the mind. So, in my mind, there are really four tenets of positive thinking. One is working with the perspective that you hold on anything in order to make it helpful and hopeful. So, when you think about something as simple as I have to go to the gym today, is that an annoying chore in your life or is that a uh, righteous act of self care for this incredible temple with, within which you live, um, and you choosing your perspective is uh, to be one that 's helpful and hopeful is a very important part of it. Second is challenging and restructuring um, thoughts and specifically when we are having negative thoughts, we don't want to, as you said, just avoid them and slap on a smile and pretend that those aren't happening because there's actually tremendous amounts of wisdom and knowledge in those negative thoughts. And so when we're willing to go into them and say, Hey, negative thought, where is this coming from? Where is this negative belief that, you know, I'm not lovable or that I can't be successful or that I have to be stressed in order to, you know, have a meaningful career. Where are these thoughts coming from? Where did they originate?" And how can I work to bring in and challenge those thoughts to develop new perspectives that are going to serve me to live a more wholesome and better and fulfilling life? Then the third one is talking to yourself in the way really that you would talk to your best friend. So the way that we talk to ourselves tends to be crueler than we would ever, ever articulate to anybody out there in the world. And so really bringing a dialogue that is as compassionate and loving and forgiving and understanding and and uh really Um, builds your confidence on the inside, that's a third real tenant of positive thinking. And the fourth and final part of it is really approaching deeply negative emotions with curiosity and kindness. So when you're feeling tremendously sad, rather than seeing that as an invitation to run away or have a drink or pop a pill or turn on Netflix or whatever that might be, to really turn in and say, how can I bring curiosity and kindness and love and bravery to to my inner experience so that i can hold myself with that motherly unconditional love that we all crave
1: that's beautiful and and difficult isn't it i mean you you've said that the the mainstream positivity movement kind of glosses over the tough stuff. And and when I listen to you talk about meeting those negative emotions with curiosity and compassion, that's tough because we're, we, we are used to running away or making an excuse or having a dozen donuts or popping a pill or whatever it is. That's tough stuff right there.
0: Mm. Yeah, so it's it's tough for a number of reasons. First and foremost, is that, you know, not many of us, you know, are ever tempted to sign up for misery. And so when we feel sad, or when we feel bad about ourselves, or when we feel like we're not being treated fairly in the world, um, the the natural reaction is for us to want to eliminate that pain. And even within that, it's important to realize that that instinct within itself is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, you wanting to stress eat, you wanting to turn on the TV, you wanting to distract yourself in some way, really, um, underneath that kind of avoidance is actually this this end kind of of I want I want myself to experience something something more beautiful, something more loving. However, what happens is that if you don't sit with those negative thoughts or negative emotions. And there are tons of techniques I'd be happy to share with you and your audience about that today. But if you don't kind of do the the U-turn to go inward and examine the inner experience of the negative thoughts or the negative feelings. Uh, you might for a moment be able to distract yourself to feel better, but in the long term, you'll never really be able to change the pattern that is creating that negativity in the first place. And I believe that it is with those changing those patterns of being able to break through those things that keep us down within our own lives and in our own inner world, that we feel such incredible inner fulfillment and power and confidence uh, from being able to really mold and craft our lives and our mentalities with intention. So it is absolutely challenging because number one, we it's, we want to feel good and we want to feel good quickly. And number two, we don't want others to think, you know, or judge us negatively because we're in a quote unquote, unpositive space. But the work is always to turn inward first so that you can understand what are the deeper patterns or experiences that are bringing me to this negativity so that I can undo this in the future and slowly create a more positive mindset experience in life.
1: And there's an additional element to that too, because I think a lot of us have been thought have been taught that our negative emotions are things to be ashamed of or to hide, or can even, there are people who follow the law of attraction in such a way where they believe that a negative thought, if they have a negative thought, it ruins everything. There goes that abundance you were working toward because you had that negative thought. Too bad, kid, you blew it. And so the, this kind of turning within with compassion and, and love and meeting yourself exactly where you are. And I agree with you. I believe that that is the starting place for all spiritual connection, all intuition, all healing starts from that place of meeting yourself exactly where you are. But when we've been taught that those negative thoughts might mess it up for us later on, it adds an additional dimension to kind of wrestle through there.
0: Absolutely, and I think that um, you're right. The the kind of superficial <laughs> law of attraction world has brought many, many, many people into feeling, um, scared of having a negative thought and God, God forbid, observing that negative thought, because that means you're putting more attention and time onto it, which means you must be attracting an, uh, an even worse reality to you by the moment and by the second. Yes. And so, um, and so people, people live in fear. Um, and one of the things that I like to share with people in those moments is, is that, When you have a negative thought, um, the first thing to recognize inwardly is that the negative thought itself is coming from actually a deeper and more loving place um, of trying to protect yourself in some way. So thinking I'm not capable of doing of, uh, you know, getting the job that I really want to have, for example, Uh, believe it or not, that's your your brain and your body trying to protect you from the vulnerability of having to go out there and, and, and feel scared and put yourself out there on the line and try to, you know, fight for what you want. That's scary. That can be vulnerable. And so even though that it feels like a negative self-doubt a self-incriminating thought, if you can have the strength to realize that it's indeed just a protective mechanism within you, that can be a powerful way to turn in with love towards that negativity, rather than to turn in with anger and revulsion towards that negativity to say, oh, hey, listen, this is just a protection mechanism. This is my shield. And yes, now is the moment that I get to uh, examine, do I really need this shield? And are there other ways that I can be thinking or perceiving myself or this situation in order to be able to navigate it in, it, in while, while feeling better on the inside. However, it's recognizing from the first moment that even that negative thought is there to serve you, and it's coming from the deep source of love within you that always wants you to feel safe and protected.
1: I love and, that, and it opens up a way of being present with all that we are. Um, Um, In a way that invites, I love that you said curiosity and compassion, two of my very favorite words that invites further exploration. And we can do that gently. We don't have to always be punching ourselves in the face for thinking the wrong thing. I'm putting wrong in quotation marks, feeling the wrong thing in quotation marks, doing the wrong thing in quotation marks. We don't have to beat ourselves up that way. We can consistently, compassionately return to center and take a look at where we really are and what really is going on precisely
0: and 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 just i i feel one of the strongest parts is to just really have a commitment to seeing the beauty behind the pain and the beauty behind the negativity, because with that commitment, you can immediately start to translate that negativity into either wisdom or positivity or confidence or courage. And so uh, when, for example, you say you have, let's say you have a negative thought of, um, you know, let's say I'm, I'm too, I'm too heavy. I'll never be able to uh, have somebody love me or be attracted to me. Understanding that within Within that, there's this beautiful desire. The reason you're feeling pain in the first place is because you crave love and because you want connection and because you want to feel good in the in the body that you have. Underneath that, there's always what I call a noble desire. And if we can tune into the beauty that underlies the negativity, it gives us the strength and the courage to navigate and, ex- and examine that negativity as a protective mechanism, and then to say, hey, listen, I promise to protect myself. I promise to hold myself safe as I begin to make changes to my mind and my life. But at the same time, I know that I am deserving and willing to have all of these things that I so long for deep within.
1: You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Caitlin Margaret. Her new book is The Path to Positivity, Proven Positive Thinking Techniques for Getting Motivated and Living Your Best Life. You can find out more about Caitlin and her work at CaitlinMargaret.com. One of the things in the book that surprised me a little bit and, and kind of just shifted my perspective was you said that happiness is not a helpful goal. Can you speak more into that?
0: Absolutely. So, um, happiness is a fleeting emotion. And so when we, are just seeking happiness all of the time, it actually, research has shown that it actually has negative consequences on our mental health. First and foremost, alluding back to what we were speaking earlier, is that whenever you experience an emotion besides happiness, that immediately triggers judgment and shame. And so, oh, I am not, I'm not, feeling happy right now in, uh, because of whatever reason, Oh, I should be feeling happy then. Well, something must be wrong with me. I'm not okay. Now I have to fake it. Right? So a, it brings judgment. And then it B brings inauthenticity where you start pretending to be somebody that you're not in order to prove something, which only lowers your confidence even more and only lowers your happiness and joy even more because you're now trying to prove to the world that you're something that you're not, which is just, Going to bring up tremendous anxiety and tremendous uh, sense of separation from your true self. So, having the goal of happiness per se is not helpful, because in this human experience, we are going to experience an entire range of emotions, right? And that's why we, you know, if you think about it, the the best movies you've ever seen, the best plays you've ever seen, everything that makes this life rich has so many other emotions about that are other than happiness. And so to be open to the fullness of the emotional experiences that are available to us really is what it means to be fully alive and by committing to only happiness not only do you limit your life but you actually sentence yourself to being less happy and less positive because it is an impossibility to feel that way all the time
1: Mm. this is connected to an idea of living in a way that is defined by, motivated by getting in touch with our core values, what you call values-driven living. Can you make that connection for us? I feel like we live in a time where our values are assigned to us. We're told how we should think, how it should be, the way we should feel. And values-driven living has a lot of personal empowerment in it. Yeah,
0: Yeah. So, so let me give you kind of an example to connect these dots a little bit. So I, I think that you know, there's times in life when it's hard to be happy. For example, if you're trying to, um, change jobs and you've gone on 10 interviews and nothing has landed, you know, happiness probably wouldn't even necessarily be the appropriate emotion for you to have. And not and not to mention it's, it's not going to be naturally available. However, um, You can think about your values instead in order to find other more deeper and powerful positive emotional experiences, such as what are my values? Well, for me, I value creativity. One, That's one of my greatest values. I think being able to be creative in this life and always looking for new solutions and always connecting new dots is something I value tremendously, number one. Number two, I value compassion. I value being able to see the best in myself and other beings all of the time, no matter what is happening happening and really being able to be with them in negativity. So If I think about how can I prioritize not happiness in this job search, but my values of creativity and compassion, then I can say, well, how can I be more creative in the way that I'm looking for jobs or the way that I'm telling my story in these job interviews or in the kinds of jobs that I'm looking for in the first place or in the kind of help that I'm seeking in this process? How can I be more creative? And then you bring in those solutions. Similarly, how can I be compassionate with myself? Well, if anyone went on 10 interviews and didn't get that job, they would feel sad. How can I love myself? How can I really nurse myself into understanding that, yes, this is challenging and yes, you're deserving of love and kindness and support. And yes, it's okay to cry. And yes, it's beautiful at the same time that you long for a job that's going to bring you more fulfillment and that you're willing to fight for that no matter how long it takes or how much work it takes. If I can cultivate those qualities of of compassion and creativity in my job search and prioritize those over feeling happy every moment or getting the results I I desire in every single moment, then what's going to happen is I will feel a sense of contentment in the job search process. Number one, which is deeper than happiness. Number two, I will feel a, a sense of pride in who I am and how I am navigating this experience, which is deeper than happiness. And number three is that I will feel a greater sense of motivation to continue working towards what it is that I really long for, because I'm keeping my head and my heart in the game by playing to my values. So that's why seeking this values driven life and using your values to approach whatever it is that you're working towards in your life. Life is such a more powerful pathway than just a commitment to the fleeting emotion of happiness.
1: I, I so I love this, and it's making me. I'm just thinking about. I've been making some changes in my own life, and it makes me think about how can I go deeper people always say, right, what do you want? I want to be happy. I want to feel at peace. I want to be right. I want yeah. to be better, do better. And you're inviting us deeper into that kind of into that inner reflection for listeners who are wondering how to get started on the path to positivity. Maybe they're worried that they're carrying too much fear or anxiety or too many old patterns. They're feeling like they're kind of trapped in a repeating loop of yuck. What can you offer them to help get them started quickly on this path?
0: Yeah, so I think the the fastest way to get started on the path to positivity is really just to begin to practice mindfulness and recognize and, and begin to keep a journal of the connection between your thoughts your emotions and your behaviors. So if you are feeling weighed down by, let's say, loneliness, let's say you're feeling really isolated in your life and you can't get over, you just have this ne- this repeating story in your head that, you know, you're not likable and, and people don't want to be with you and you can't make friends no matter how much you try. And, and and then, you know, it's it feels so heavy and it feels so big emotionally and the stories feel so real and so true for you. It's really important important to To create a practice. I love meditation as a practice because it involves some slow conscious breathing, which allows your mind and body to be soothed and you to pay attention with ease. But other people prefer journaling and they're both fine. And so really paying attention to pausing and saying, okay, I'm caught up in the negativity right now. What's alive in me? What am I thinking? First of all, what am I? Okay. I'm thinking I'm not likable. I'm thinking I'm not lovable. I'm thinking that people uh, don't want to be around me. I'm thinking I have nothing to offer. Okay, that's number one. Number two is then saying, how did these thoughts make me feel? They make me feel lonely, isolated, sad. And then say, well, then how do these feelings make me behave? Well, those be, these feelings make me want to stay alone at home and never try again to make another friend and instead just turn on Netflix and live in a parallel universe somewhere. <laughs> and of course, you're never going to be able to actually make the friends that you want to make. So then you can start to say, okay, well, if those negative thoughts are not serving me because they're leading to those negative emotions and those negative and those behaviors that are not helping me reach my goals or change my life. What, how can I start to question those thoughts? And I encourage you not to to change the thoughts, but just to question them. So is it true that nobody likes me? Is there evidence? Is there an exception to that rule? Is there any opposite evidence that I can find that might say that in fact, People do like me. Certain kinds of people might like me or people like me in certain environments. Right. And you start to just question the thoughts that can start to poke holes in the profound power of those thoughts and as you begin to invite in with those new questions some new ideas like well you know it is true that I had more friends in high school people like me then and okay well how does it make me feel to be thinking these new thoughts That and reflecting on you know those other experiences I had of when people didn't like me well it helps me feel a little bit more hopeful it gives me some ideas some creative ideas about what kind of environments I can connect with people best in and then what behavior is that going to help you create? Well, maybe I can, you know, step out and and join a club that, um, really brings out these particular qualities or, or my ability to connect in this way with people. Right. And so under, so I would really just say, commit to a practice of mindfulness, um, through meditation or journaling where you're asking inwardly what's alive in me right now, refusing to judge yourself for that. Because again, acknowledging that there's something beautiful and loving underneath, all of it. And then saying, how are these thoughts connected to these emotions, connected to these behaviors? And how might I start to question, question these thoughts so that I can have a different experience?
1: Caitlin, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and sharing these tools and for coming on to talk about this new deeper way of looking at positivity. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Karen. It was such a pleasure to be here with you. You ask wonderful questions.
1: <laughs> Thank you. You give wonderful information. So I think it's a win-win uh, for us here. Um, I've been talking with Caitlin Margaret. Her new book is The Path to Positivity, Proven Positive Thinking Techniques for Getting Motivated and Living Your Best Life. You can find out more about Caitlin and her work at CaitlinMargaret.com. And if you go to CaitlinMargaret.com slash joy, you will find a free one hour training that she's offering so that you can learn more and start to explore some of these principles for yourself. This is a training about how to cultivate real joy so that you can love your life no matter where you are, no matter what's happening, no matter how you're feeling. So you can find that at caitlinmargaret.com slash joy. And of course you're always welcome over at karenhager.com It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can learn what's coming up next on this radio program You can even book a private intuitive session with me if you're so inclined If you do book a private session with me, would you please use the coupon code PODCAST? That gives you 20% off the session fee and it also lets me know that you're listening, that we're connecting, that you're out there. So please, as my gift to you, use that coupon code podcast for 20% off your session fee at karenhager.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.